Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Now, Leon Tailoring is also well-known, we all know, for their tailor-made clothes, but you also know they're ready for their custom-made and ready-made clothing as well. That's right, clothes that are right there on the rack that you can buy and pick up, and they'll make the alterations included in the price. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. And of course, then you know, if they want something tailor-made specifically just for you, then they can do it. So whether it's tailor-made, whether it's ready-made, or whether it's custom-made, it is for you and you specifically. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. They'll be happy to see you and happy to take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Uh, glad you're all here. Um, uh, good to get to the end of another week. And uh, obviously we're getting kind of uh, in, into, the, uh, into the swing of things here in the second half of the session. But we've been working with the, the House really and as the, I've kind of directed our chairman to work with the House chairman as you work on bills and, uh, and the hopes that when they finish in uh, the second house that we can find our way to a concurrence rather than a conference committee. Um, it won't always be the case, but oftentimes, hopefully it will. It's just more efficient that way if we get both sides communicating, and that seems to be working fairly fairly well. Uh, happy to take your questions on anything you, uh, you've you got for this uh, this week. Why didn't uh, let the transgender bill go through this week? Excuse me? Why didn't let the transgender bill go through this week? Uh, which which one? <laughs> <laughs> Is that 1407? 1407. Oh, okay. Well, you know, uh, as I look at that bill, I think that, um, uh, that one, there's a Supreme Court case on it, which gives us pause always. And um, uh, it seems in some respects uh, challenging and unworkable. So I don't really see a, a good path forward for it. Um, there's been a lot of questions about the National Guard bill raised, um, particularly this week, uh, as we found out that the National Guard hasn't even asked for any courts martial of the governor in the last five years, at least. Um, but something that's come up in floor debate this week is the idea that the reason we shouldn't let um, National Guard members ask for these courts martial uh, in minor for minor offenses is because they don't have the time, the staff, or anything to do these courts martial. Isn't that a problem that the Indiana National Guard can't do these these hearings? I think I think that it might be. I think that bears looking at. I, I was thinking that as I listened to the debates. If if uh, if it's if the issue is that you don't have the, the resources or locations, that we that might be something we need to look at. I'll tell you the other side that I frankly am landing on though is that I'm not sure for these. Uh, um, uh, these minor issues that we really want our National Guard using their time and their resources to do um, uh, a, um, uh, the, the more lengthy process that um, uh, that is currently in statute right now. And uh, as we talked about in the first half of the session, you know, there's a trade-off here. You take away any right for these smaller infractions, I can't remember the phrase that we're using, non-judicial, non-judicial punishments, which by definition is a small issue, being late, uh, being out of uniform, I think Senator Senator Freeman listed a couple of those when he was up there today. Um, you know, that's not really the way we want to use our resources for a court martial. There, let's let that deal be dealt with in another way, more efficiently. There is some still some due process. It just doesn't look like a court martial, and. Uh, uh, so I'm not sure that's the best way to use the resources to, is to have a lot of court marshals on those small things. The other thing I'll say simply is this. There was some conversation really yesterday about um, uh, whether or not the military is a democracy. And we don't, at least in my opinion, want the military to be a democracy. It operates in a different way than the rest of us do in our society. We want it to operate in a different way. And so um, if this is what they want, I'm very happy to support it. 
You mentioned trying to get uh, agreement on concurrences. Is that why we're not seeing, I mean, we're two weeks into the second half, we haven't seen any significant sort of bigger bills moving. Is that why you guys are trying to go ahead and get agreement behind closed doors first? Yeah, there's a lot of conversations in some of those larger ones. And, uh, um, but, you know, it's not just that. I mean, you know, whenever some of these big bills come through, you know, the chairs, even things that I'm not necessarily working on or the speaker's not, they're they're working through it with, uh, with the other chair and with the senator or the, the House author. So, yeah, I think that's probably an explanation for a lot of those. There was a bill in the ho- that passed the House that would allow pharmacists to prescribe birth control. Is there any um, comment that you have or any sense that your uh, caucus might support something like that? Uh, I, think, I think we'll have varying opinions on that issue in our caucus. Uh, it, it, it sounds like uh, something that I would like to support. Um, they, this is a relatively small thing, maybe, but the 1009, the pregnancy court-ordered pregnancy expenses, was pulled back to second reading today. Do you know if, what the issue there is? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a sign that it's not going to move forward. Yeah. I think this must be some issue they found. Yeah. How are budget talks going? Uh, pretty well. Uh, I've had some conversations with the speaker. Uh, most of the conversations right now are between uh, Senator Mishler and some of the Appropriations Committee and myself, trying to uh, make sure that we get our priorities. Priorities aligned. Um, uh, House did a lot of good things in there. We'll we'll change a few of them for them and make them better. <laughs> but um, uh, but uh, pretty productive so far. Think we got a concurrence, concurrence on that? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, Senator, on the on the budget. Um, House Speaker Houston talked about not necessarily needing to generate any new revenues to support SB1 and some of the mental health funding that we've talked about in past weeks. Um, But members of your caucus, of course, are looking for new revenues to maybe support that, including the cell phone surcharge. What's the status of that in your caucus and your thoughts on it? Yeah, that's a really good question um, because we we have uh, long been trying to find a way to uh, get get some revenue to support those programs, which I think are super, super important. In particular, well, both of them. The mental health is as we continue to go forward, we find it more and more important to, uh, for both youth and adults alike. And uh, so we really want to la- have a good landing spot there, uh, public health as well. And, um, uh, you know, part of it is going to be what the final forecast looks like. I mean, we, we are really fortunate in Indiana. Hoosiers are hard at work, and that's creating revenue uh, through uh, through the uh, income tax, sales tax, and all the all the avenues that we have. So is it possible that we could do that without a new revenue source? I would love that. So we'll take a pretty serious look at it. While that might work for this biennium, if the forecast turns out well, wouldn't some sort of surcharge like the the cell phone bills, wouldn't that set it up in the long term where you don't have to have to you know, have that conversation every two years? Uh, yeah, possibly. Now, the challenge with the cell phone bill piece is the, the question you have to ask yourself is what can you use those dollars for? There are federal, there's kind of some federal regulations on that. And can we use it to actually give the mental health services? I think there's a serious question about that. You could use it for the infrastructure of the 988, but just like a 911, you know, there, there's a, a, you have a cost for the, all the equipment, and the staff to run the 911 system, but when an ambulance is sent out and somebody's treated, um, that's the uh, uh, the the phone tax there doesn't go to treat that. So you probably need to look at that in kind of the same way. So it's 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 limited in that respect. I, I had thought that the reason that it was limited was a reason why members of your caucus were in support of it, but it may be more limited than than it, than you're hoping. Uh, yeah, I think there may be some challenges there to, to just do anything we want to with those dollars. Okay. Thanks. All okay. right. Sounds right. good. Uh, it was good. Better than I deserved. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Thanks, everybody. 
This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.